Hello, welcome to 1000 Words, Stories on the Way. My name is Matthew Clark, and I'm so glad that you're here this week. Uh, Let me start right off by saying that I have some really exciting news for you. I've finished the recording of a new full-length album called Only the Lover Sings, Meditations on the Woman at the Well in Story and Song. This is the first album I've made um, since 2016, and so it's been a long time coming. I've been working on this album for about five or six years, and, um, and along with the album, and along with some amazing guest essayists, I've written a book that goes with the album. So the album and the book will be released together on May 6th. But between now and then, I'll be releasing three singles from the album. And the first one comes out Friday, March the 4th. That's just a couple of weeks away. So mark your calendars for Friday, March the 4th for the first single, and follow along on my Instagram. You can learn more about it, and you can keep up with the releases. So, uh, And also, this album and book are a part of a trilogy. I've been working on this for a lot of years, and the first album and book come out this May. The second one comes out about a year after that, and then the third one comes out about a year after that. And um, I'll keep you updated with all that. So, all right. Well, about a week ago, a friend of mine posted something on Facebook. And he asked, why is it so difficult to apologize? That was so interesting. That got me thinking. And so today I wanted to share some, some thoughts on, on that. Now, there's so much you could say. There are so many important Uh, you know, kind of side conversations about reconciliation and apology. But there's something, there's something very powerful about vulnerability, something life-changing about admitting that we've been wrong, something really beautiful about exposing ourselves to rejection, but then discovering that we are still loved and accepted. But if we're honest, that feels really, really dangerous. So, that's the question I'm asking this week uh, in this essay entitled, Why is it so hard to apologize? One of my favorite things is to hang out with my friends who have families. Some of those friends have teenagers now that I remember as newborns just coming home from the hospital. Being a traveling musician allows me to make the rounds and stop in and catch up with folks that I've come to love over the course of many different seasons of my life. And I'm thinking of how good it has been to see in my friends' homes so many wonderful examples of what families can look like. I've seen and heard much of the pain and difficulty and I've seen some very beautiful things. One of the most startling and beautiful things I've seen over the years has been families that model humility, and more specifically, apologizing. Apologizing is a funny thing, isn't it? There's something about it that feels incredibly dangerous. Why is that? Why do we feel so much resistance to it? 
I know, it doesn't come naturally or comfortably for me. It's really been the experience of seeing other people do it well that has made me want to learn how to do it too. I remember one of the first times I saw an adult parent apologize to their child. And it was a bit of a shock to me, honestly. Maybe it did happen in my family, but I have no memory of it ever happening. Admitting you were wrong and apologizing is not something I remember being modeled for me growing up. Not at school or at home. So you can imagine how startled I was to hear my friends admit a mistake, say they were sorry, and ask for forgiveness from their child. And then to see the child respond with grace. To see parent and child build trust, vulnerability, and peace together through humility. It was beautiful. But it also made me a little uncomfortable. And that made me curious as to why I felt those two apparently contradictory emotions. Why did apologizing feel dangerous and beautiful at the same time? I'd like to start with the most basic human need, which is to be loved. Belovedness is what we were created for. To be wholly known, seen, welcomed, and delighted in by another person. Any other person, but ultimately God, is fundamental to what it means to be alive. We die a little bit when some part of us remains unknown and unseen quarantined from access to love. We die a little bit when someone rejects us and we feel unwelcome and unwanted in the world. We die a little bit when we experience ourselves as a disappointment and a cause of displeasure in someone else's eyes. We so deeply require the seeing, knowing, welcoming delight of another soul. The threat of being unseen, unknown, unwelcomed, and displeasing to others is genuinely terrifying. It's terrifying because it gnaws at us in the very deepest places, right down at the roots of our being. A threat to that place is a threat to the legitimacy of our very existence. It can be hard to find a reason to live if you feel fundamentally unloved or unlovable. This might be where some of the sense of danger comes from as we approach apologizing. Because to apologize is to expose a deep place of vulnerability where we are admitting there's something frighteningly rejectable about me. I'm giving someone else a kind of unguarded access to the root of my being. And that can go in two directions. One, they can say that my offense has for them absorbed their entire sense of who I am. And that they can't see me without seeing the wrong. They can throw us out of their life, baby and bathwater. Or two, they can say, that they see a friend who has done something wrong and hurtful, but that they know you are so much more than the sum of your failures. They can hose down the baby in the yard 
wrap it in a towel, and bring it inside the warm house. If we've experienced that kind of forgiveness and welcome from a love that's not blind, then the core of our being really is safe in the knowledge of our belovedness. We can be wrong, and it won't kill us. We can apologize and know that the baby will never be thrown out, though it's certain to need regular changing and washing. That frail, tender creature at our core will grow a little more secure as it grows up in a climate of love. However, and I'll speak for myself, I have a tendency to defend myself. When I first begin to hear the call to apologize, rather than admitting I was wrong, surely the better thing to do would be to explain the situation so that you understand the mostly good intentions I had. You see, there were extenuating circumstances. I see there was a right thing to do, but you can understand why I couldn't do it, and on and on. In short, I opt to protect myself from the possibility of rejection. If I can soften the offense, then I can lessen the vulnerability. Here's the thing. If that becomes a habit, it creates all kinds of blind spots. And in the long run, a really pervasive practice of self-protection makes way for the justification of any number of despotic cruelties. It's dictators who become paranoid that someone's out to get them, tyrants who silence anyone who might speak against them, and abusers who prey on the vulnerabilities of others so that their own vulnerabilities are not exposed. Cain's murder of his brother Abel was the wrong response to an invitation to just admit that he was wrong. Similarly, Jesus' blood is spilled by a race who have followed Cain's habit of protecting ourselves against the vulnerability of admitting that we are wrong. Cain shows us that murderous pride and debilitating insecurity are two sides of the same coin. We're afraid Jesus will reject us if we apologize, and so we reject him. But nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus' every intention as he approaches us is to see, know, welcome, and delight in us, if we will see, know, welcome, and delight in him. Ironically, though God has no sin to apologize for, he chooses the way of vulnerability. Jesus chooses the same kind of unguarded exposure to our potential disgust that feels so dangerous to us. We're allowed to throw him out with the bathwater, to spit on him, hate him, beat him, reject him. And yet there he is again and again, bending down to wash our feet and embrace that brings life and blessing at the very roots of our being, where we feel most the need to know that we are known, seen, welcomed, and delighted in. Because he knew he was loved by the Father, he didn't have to defend himself. He could afford to wash the babies, wrap them in his towel, 
and bring them in to live in the house. When I cease trying to protect myself from God and I allow him to touch those most tender places with his gentle and complete acceptance, then I can forgive myself and I can forgive others. When I'm safe in Jesus' vulnerability, I can afford to be vulnerable myself. Now there's another good conversation to be had about safe and unsafe people. But here I'm talking mainly about my own desire to get better at apologizing. Because growing in our ability to apologize is key to loosening the grip of fear on our hearts. Allowing our thirsty roots to stay near the living water. Like naked toes in Jesus' wash basin. Where God in vulnerability and humans in vulnerability meet in a place that feels so dangerous. But that is the place, and those are the conditions, where we discover we truly are known, seen, welcomed, and delighted in. I'll close with a song that I wrote and released back in 2016. Um, it's called Dying to Believe, and it was part of an album called Beautiful Secret Life. And you can listen to Beautiful Secret Life on uh, you know, any favorite streaming service like Spotify, Apple Music, and so forth. It's online. Um, Dying to Believe is a song about taking the things that haunt our hearts, taking those things to the Lord, and letting him meet us in that vulnerable place. And we feel like the vulnerability is going to kill us. But when Jesus goes with us, he goes with us there so gracefully, then we're surprised to feel a new freedom developing. But we resist it because it feels so dangerous. But like baptism, it's, it's this vulnerable willingness to die that makes new life possible. And that seems like Kind of like the pattern of apologizing to me. So, here is Dying to Believe from the album Beautiful Secret Life. Quiet in a room full of people in prayer An old man got up close and he whispered through his tears Oh God, I killed so many people back there Back there in the war I'm still back there in that war And I'm sorry, I'm sorry For all the things that I have seen I confess my heart is caught Somewhere in between All that kills me And all I'm dying to Onto the asphalt of our own Damascus road You were thinking through sadness from 30 years ago What you said, well it knocked me to the ground If Jesus has forgiven 
in Jesus means forgiven And I'm sorry, I'm sorry For the things that I have done In this jungle I am tangled In the fear my sins have won And it kills me But I am dying to believe I'm dying I'm dying to be free You sat there by the river But you did not make a sound while I beat against the water Till my hopes had all been drowned Then I felt you fish me from the bottom I lost all that I loved All except your love I'm sorry, I'm sorry For every murder I took part I'm breaking on the cornerstone The stone I called my heart And it kills me But let it kill me Cause I am dying To believe Dying I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying I've been set free Okay, folks. Um, please subscribe. Please leave a review on your podcast app. Share this podcast episode with somebody if you found it helpful. And follow along on Instagram as I get ready to release the first single from this new album on Friday, March 4th. And besides that, thanks so much for being here. Hope you have a great week, and I will see you next time on 1000 Words.